Literary Scape presents the historical, inspirational book club podcast, the first of its kind. This show is for those who love clean romance adventure stories from the 1800s. Hello, everyone. In this episode, we are going to be wrapping up our year in reading by discussing our favorite series, books, characters, scenes, and author interviews. Now, everyone else is either sick, working, or has a sick child at home. So, unfortunately, right now, we're at that time of the year where the flu is going around. So, it's just me flying solo, and I will be sharing my thoughts for the year and Tiffany's thoughts for the year, which, bless her, she was able to answer those while she's down with the flu. All right, so let's start by reviewing all the series that we've read this year. When I go through and I tallied up, we read 26 novels and six novellas. So let's start from the very beginning. We started 2022 by reading Brothers in Arms by Mary Keneally. Then we moved to The Sheriffs of Savage Wells and Healing Hearts by Sarah M. Eden. For March, we read Mesquite Springs series by Amanda Cabot. In April, we read The Silver Lining Ranch series by Julie Lessman. In May, we read The Brides of Last Chance Ranch series by Margaret Brownlee. For June, we did novellas, uh, taking a little summer break there. We read The Dog Days of Summer by Amanda Cabot, which is connected to one of her other series. So that was a lot of fun. And then we read the novella Bride Rides Herd by Mary Keneally. In July, we read the Shenandoah Valley series by Andrea Beauchar. August, we read Westward to Home series by Melody Carlson. September, we read Frontier Vow series by Melissa Jag- Jaggers. October, we read Hanger's Horseman series by Karen Whitmire. And November was kind of a hodgepodge here. We did uh, Painted Vessels, the first novel of that series by Gina Renee. Friedrich. And then we read two Christmas novellas. We read Last Chance Christmas by Julie Lessman and A Cowboy for Christmas by Ruth Logan Hearn. So amazing. We read 26 novels and six novellas. And if you stuck with us all year long, you got to get the scoop on each of those, as well as enjoy some author interviews that we were able to do. Now, if you're an avid reader like me, you read far above and beyond the novels that we did and novellas that we did. If you were to follow me on Goodreads, I believe I can look super fast here. I had a goal to read 100 books this year. I am curious if you set a reading goal for 2022 and did you make it? And you can always leave comments on our blog post, the post for this episode at literaryscape.com forward slash literaryscape dash book dash club. So when I look back, it looks like I had a goal to read 100 books in 2022. And currently I'm at 117 books. And I'm in the middle of one that I know I'm going to finish before the end of the year. So at least 118, I'm hoping by the end of the year, if not more. And I know I probably missed a few. If you're like me, you forget to put those in there. So we're going to start by talking about what our top three series were that we read this year. And I have to tell you, 
This is tough because uh, for the most part, I enjoyed all of the series that we read. Although there's a few that stand out that are at the top of mind. But I'm going to start with Tiffany's answers. So Tiffany said her favorite were um, the Savage Wells series, which was by Sarah M. Eden. So the Sheriff of Savage Wells and Healing Hearts, which I would have to agree those were... um, one of my top three as well, but I'll show those in a minute. She also enjoyed uh, Brides of Last Chance Ranch and the Silver Lining Ranch series by Julie Lessman. Okay, so the Silver Lining Ranch series is by Julie Lessman. The Brides of Last Chance Ranch were by Margaret Brownlee. All right, so I'm going to give you my top three. I'm going to start with three and go to one. So in third place, top series, I had the Savage Wells series by Sarah M. Eden. Number two, I had Hanger's Horseman by Karen Whitmire. And number one, I had Silver Lining Ranch by Julie Lessman. And if you have listened to our podcast throughout the year, I don't think my top three would be a surprise to you at all, Uh, especially my number one pick series, because I think that that was the one where I broke the rule. Like we have a three lasso rating we like to do for the books that we read. And I broke the mold and said it was like five lassos. I absolutely love that series. So... I am curious, out of all the series we read this year, which one was your favorite? So if you could pop a comment in our blog post, that would be awesome. Love to hear what you're thinking. All right, we're going to talk about, we're going to break it down a little bit further. So those were our top series, but top three novels. So breaking it down to the books themselves, okay? So we're going to start with tips. She loved both books in the Savage Wells series. So Sheriffs of Savage Wells and Healing Hearts. And then she liked the first book of the Silver Lining Ranch series, which is For the Love of Liberty, which honestly surprises me because I remember our discussion when we talked about that series. Uh, For the Love of Liberty is like the prequel. It's more like a novella, but most of us said it was frustrating to read because of our leading lady in there, but she does grow on you as you read the series. So, All right, here we go. My top three novels that we read this year. I'm going to start with number three, In Honor's Defense by Karen Whitmire. Okay. I was like, I paused, guys, because I'm like, I can't believe I put that as number three, but it's... But it was a tough choice now that I'm looking at my other two. The second place, I put Healing Hearts by Sarah M. Eden. And in first place, I put Love Silver Lining by Julie Lessman. Man, that's that is a tough call. I'm looking at it going because I totally fell in love with Luke in in Honor's Defense. Loved it. But you know what? I loved all three of those. Those are books I'd go back and reread. So I'm curious, too, if you guys had a favorite novel out of any of those series that you like to go back and reread. All right. Now we're going to look at our top three novellas. Now, Tiff confesses that she's not 
she didn't get to read the novellas, which is completely understandable. She's got four little ones at home and the novellas were what we put in for filler, really, for taking a summer break and then a Christmas break here. So I'll go with mine. We'll start with number three, Dog Days of Summer by Amanda Cabot. Number two, Last Chance Christmas by Julie Lessman. And number one, A Cowboy for Christmas by Ruth Logan Hearn. I fell in love with that story, and I think it's because it's based off, it mirrors Ruth's story in the Bible, which I absolutely love her story. So, all right, guys, moving right along. We are going to talk about who our favorite characters were. And let me tell you, this is really hard because you not only have your main characters from all of these, from these 26 novels and six novellas, but then you have all the side characters that you fall in love with too. Okay. So I'm going to start with Tiff's and Tiff's makes me laugh. And when she hears this episode, because I haven't been able to talk to her since I got her answers, uh, I think she's going... I think she's going to laugh when she hears this. She put bow stands out. She said, probably because we all want a bow. And here's the funny thing. (laughs) You're probably thinking if you read with us or you've read all those books, you're going, there's no bow. Okay. So we actually started this podcast over a year ago. And the first series we read was uh, Men of the Saddle by Lori Copeland. And Bo was the hero in the second book. And I think he's still stuck with Tiff. So good job, Lori, because your Bo has stuck with a reader for over a year. And I do remember our conversation there. We all said we wish we had a Bo. He was awesome. We absolutely fell in love with him. If you haven't read that series, I strongly suggest that one. It is one of my forever reads. It's one I keep going back to over and over again. All right. So favorite characters. So I went through and tried to pull my favorite characters from each series. I didn't do that for the novellas, but we'll talk about the series. So let's swoop back to January, way back in January. We read Brothers in Arms by Mary Keneally. And my favorite character out of that whole series was Falcon, who happened to be the oldest brother. And what I love about him is his humor. Oh my goodness, he is absolutely hilarious. Absolutely loved him. All right, moving on to the Savage Wells series. I really enjoyed our two heroes, Cade and Gideon. Cade had that mysterious, I won't say dark side, but kind of a little bit of a bad boy complex and a little on the ornery side, but totally good at heart. And I just love the image of him standing there with his uh, guns hanging low on his hips. So he was just, he was fun to read about. And then Gideon, oh my goodness, Gideon has such a heart for healing people. Obviously, he's a doctor in the series, but he is incredibly sweet, but incredibly strong at the same time. So I absolutely loved uh, his character. In Mesquite Springs, my favorite was Evelyn from the first book, and it's because she just has such a sweet disposition. She has been through a lot herself, 
And yet she continues to nurture those around her. In the Silver Lining Ranch series, Maggie is my number one character in that story. And she is in the first novel of that. And you know what? Now that I think about it, I'm wondering if Tiff meant the first novel in that series since For the Love of Liberty was the prequel. I bet she meant the Silver Lining Ranch because she, I remember our conversation with that. So I'll correct that. She chose that as one of her favorite novels. All right. So back to Maggie. Absolutely love her faith and wisdom. And I can remember our conversation uh, when we read this is that I wish I had a friend like her or and then I turned it around and said, actually, in all honesty, I wish I could be a friend like her. She's just an absolutely wonderful, wonderful character. And I'm absolutely sure that we all have a Maggie in our lives, hopefully. All right, moving on to Brides of Last Chance Ranch series by Margaret Brownlee. I chose Molly, Danny, and Caleb. They come out of the second book of that series. It's Waiting for Morning. So Molly is our hero who is the older sister of, I'm sorry, Donnie, not Danny. Donnie, who is crippled and in a wheelchair. And then Caleb is our hero who is the doctor. The way those three gel together, uh, they just really stood out to me in that series. They each bring a unique quality dynamic to the story, and I fell in love with them. But I'm also a sucker for the underdog overcoming or someone overcoming a big obstacle in their life. And Donnie is that person in that story. And it's Caleb and Molly who push him. Really, Caleb and Molly kind of comes along eventually. And so I just really loved how they work together. All right, moving on to the Shenandoah Valley by Andrea Beauchard. Okay, for this one, my favorite were was the heroine and the hero. So Carrie and Peyton, the way they grow throughout the series, because this is this series was different. It's three books, but they follow Carrie and Peyton all the way through. They don't it's not like there's a different love story, a different couple in each um, book. And so I just, since you're with them for three whole novels, you tend to fall in love with them. All right. In Westward to Home series by Melody Carlson, my favorite character was Jackson from the second book. And it is because he reminds me so much of my husband. He just has a lot of the same characteristics of my, as, as my husband. So I chose Jackson. And then for Frontier Vows series by Melissa Jaggers. This is tough. Okay. This is a... That series has three novels and one novella. And I had said before, if you watched our live Q&A, like Melissa writes characters that are they have so much depth to them and they their change may be subtle, but it's very impactful. I, I'm not sure that I'm really wording that well. And it's not that the other authors don't have in-depth characters. They definitely do. It's just the way she develops her characters. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but if you read her books, maybe you can explain it better than I can. But I had a hard time picking just one or two, so I actually ended up with four from this series. So I chose Leah, 
who is a main character in the novella and always a side character throughout the series. And then her daughter, Jenny, who is a side character, really. You get introduced to her mainly in the novella, but she is blind and then she wants to go around and sell an autobiography. I think I can't remember exactly the details, but anyways, she chooses to be independent. She doesn't use her disability to slack in any way, shape or form. And so I just love, again, I'm an underdog um, person, love rooting for them. And then moving on, so also in that series, I liked Gwen and Timothy, who are our hero and heroine from the last book in that series, Marrying Mr. Wrong, which I should correct. That is not the last book. It is the last book that's been published. But Melissa let us know that she has, I believe, two more coming out for that series. So looking forward to that. Um, Gwen, because... You meet her in the first book, and I'll be honest, you kind of have a bad taste in your mouth from her, and you think she's a spoiled, rich flirt who has no boundaries. And then you get to learn who she really is behind the mask, and I absolutely love that. And then Timothy, because he rises above his upbringing, uh, something that is rare to see, but I think we've all heard those triumphs, triumphant stories of people who broke the cycle, the cycle of being raised in a bad environment and saying, I don't want this for me or for my future kids and family. So love that about Timothy. And then the Hangers Horseman series, I chose Preach or Luke is his real name, but they all call him Preach fell in love with Preach. He's just all man and a man of God. And it is, he's just awesome. Absolutely loved how Karen wrote him him in the novel. All right, guys, we're going to talk about some of our favorite scenes or lines from these novellas or novels and novellas. Tiff didn't give me an answer for these, so it's all me, guys. So here's here's what stood out to me as I'm looking back. This is December 22nd that I'm recording this, and I'm sitting here looking back at all the series and just writing down the things that stood out to me that I can still remember. So if I can still remember it, I find that to be significant. Okay, so starting with Love on the Range by Mary Keneally. I absolutely loved Falcon's advice to Wyatt, and I can't remember the exact details, but if you've read it, you'll probably go, oh, yeah, Uh, it's where (laughs) Wyatt is getting frustrated because he wants to ask, um, oh, darn it, I can't think of her name. Anyways, his leading lady uh, to marry him, but she's kind of, she's really pushing him back. Like, she doesn't want to get married because of her mom's experience with marriage, her mom married twice and both to really awful men. So she fears that she's going to be like her mom. So she doesn't want to get married. So Falcon gives Wyatt this advice about, well, you know, you just go up and you ask her or, or like I, my first wife, I just saw how well she skinned a coon and went, 
I'm going to marry you. You know, I mean, he was just absolutely hilarious. And why it's like, that's not going to work. <laughs> so anyways, a hilarious scene in Healing Hearts by Sarah M. Eden. I love Tansy. She's a side character. But the way that she gets Gideon to her farm because his lady love is hiding out there after she has an episode, a health episode issue. And how she comes in and is like, I have a really sick cow. And then he's like, I know, but I don't have time for that right now. And she just pushes him until he finally relents. And she's just hilarious character all around. In Dreams Rekindled by Amanda Cabot, I enjoyed Brandon and Dorothy leading Phil to Christ. So Phil is one that's there. He's not really there to do anything real good, right? He's kind of stirred the pot through the whole series. And he ends up being shot. And as he's lying there dying, Brandon and Dorothy lead him to Christ. It is an amazing scene that Amanda wrote, and it will bring tears to your eyes, but it's awesome. And then in Love, Silver Lining, okay, Julie is amazing at writing opening scenes, but that opening scene with Blaze and Maggie, oh my goodness, it is filled with humor and a lot of romantic tension too actually there's this immediate attraction between them but this picture of this sweet innocent maggie and this completely naked blaze he's just wrapped in a sheet trying to talk her into going against the head nurse's wishes and giving him his clothes so that he can leave and then he ends up fleeing the hospital in just his just the sheet uh it's absolutely hilarious uh you have to read it to really get the full impact of that for sure and then in love silver bullet i love the scene where jake shares about his stepdad's sacrifice it is another scene that will bring tears to you because it's this picture of this man who literally gave his life to save Jake's and Jake is like I don't understand what kind of man does that and then of course it goes into Jesus dying on the cross for us and um, it's an absolutely beautiful scene and then in Dawn Comes Early <laughs> okay again if you were part of the live Q&A a few weeks ago where Margaret Brownlee was on with us I shared that Margaret's writing, if you enjoy humor, you've got to read her books. So in Dawn Comes Early, Kate, our hero, heroine, I'm sorry, she falls off her horse into a cactus patch and then has to have <laughs> the lady who owns the ranch, they, she has to have her literally pull the cactus spines out of her rear end, which is completely embarrassing to her, but an absolutely hilarious scene. Loved it. And then in Waiting for Morning in that same series by Margaret Brownlee, Caleb, the doctor, drives a a car around and it backfires all the time. And when it at one point when it backfires, it starts a stampede and it's just absolutely, his car is just absolutely hilarious. Also, 
Margaret's inspiration for that backfiring is hilarious. If you haven't listened to our interview with her, you should definitely head back um, a little ways on our list and check that out. I also liked in that book the scene where Caleb is pushing Donnie to be more independent. Now, mind you, Molly is not a fan of that, but in the end, uh, we find that it, that's what Donnie needs. He needs th- that male figure in his life that says you're not going to use your the fact that you have no use of your legs um, to just kind of wither away. So loved it. And then in Gunpowder Tea, which is in that same series, again, the reason why these stand out to me is because Margaret is hilarious in her writing. Absolutely hilarious. So in Gunpowder Tea, at the beginning, Miranda's like working undercover and at a uh, funeral and things don't go right when she goes to apprehend the person and she, her gun ends up discharging (laughs) and shooting the dead guy in the coffin. And (laughs) I shouldn't laugh at it because then like the widow is like distressed and she's like trying to cover her dead husband's body and she's like stop shooting my dead husband and um anyways it, it sounds like oh my word but the way margaret writes it is absolutely hilarious because then when miranda's sent out for her next mission her boss is like and try not to shoot any more dead guys i mean it's just really quite hilarious um quite embarrassing though for Miranda (laughs) at the same time but all right moving on romancing the bride uh, which is part of the frontier vow series by Melissa Jaggers I like the scene and this is gonna sound silly I just know it guys okay the there's a scene where the kids walk into the bedroom to find they're not there's nothing like unsavory happening in there but the stepdad and mom are asleep you know cuddled up in the bed and the reaction of the kids is interest is interesting but the reaction of the stepdad because the mom tries to pull away because she's like oh my word they they've caught us you know like as if they were doing wrong. They were married, right? The words that he said really stuck with me because he's, he held her to him, to his chest, and said, I don't want them to get the impression that a man and woman sharing marital relationship is something to be ashamed of. And the reason why that stuck with me is because now, Bless my mother's heart. She never said it was anything to be shameful, but she is such, um, I don't, how do I want to put it? I, she's just a very private person. And I will tell you, there were no conversations about what happens between a man and wife other than you don't do that till you're married, right? There was none of that, uh, any, no hint of any of that stuff until like literally the night or not the night, the day before my wedding. And my mom says, now, are you nervous about tomorrow night? Of course, at that point, I'd been dating my husband for five years. And I'm like, "Uh, no, mom, I've waited five years for this moment. I'm going to enjoy it. Right. (laughs) Totally um, (laughs) caught her off guard. But I love this because I feel like sometimes when we hide that that passion or that love between a man and his wife and 
the kids can kind of get this idea that that's a shameful thing when really it's a beautiful, beautiful gift from God between a man and a wife. It's it's something he blesses our marriages with. So, all right, got a little on the heated side there in this discussion, but we'll move on. So, and depending on you, <laughs> which is the novella, um, there's a Christmas play. Oh my word, like dying laughing reading about this Christmas play because you've got the stinks because I can't remember the characters' names, but you have um, one of the sweet little boys, Spencer. I want to say Spencer. He is dressed up as an angel and he's like rigged up to fly across the stage and he gets a huge wedgie from the from the rigging. <laughs> And it's like making terrible faces because it's it's kind of painful and it's just absolutely hilarious. And then the dog that's dressed up as a sheep is causing wreaking havoc on the stage. And it's just absolutely hilarious, hilarious scene. And then in Marrying Mr. Rung, it's really it's not just one scene, really. It's the whole story of Timothy and how he breaks the cycle not only for himself, but for his future wife and children and for his mom and his younger siblings. And so it's really just kind of encompasses that whole storyline. Absolutely love that. And then moving on to the Hanger's Horseman series at Love's Command, I loved the scene where Matthew, he's all tied up and the outlaws have taken every weapon from him and his men and their horses. And they have Josie and he looks at Josie and he promises to find her. He just says, I will find you. And of course she responds with, I know you will. Right. She's very confident in her man. And then at the end, I love the scene where Josie is running into Matthew's arms where he's, he's like limping from his battle to rescue her. And I absolutely loved it. And then in the heart's charge, so I love the scene on the bridge uh, with the train and where um, Mark has to rescue his lady love and they're clinging to the pillar. Uh, it's just a, it's an intense scene, but it's a uh, very well written. You'll you'll love it. But then the favorite one from that book was the talk between Abner and Jonah towards the end where Jonah lets Abner know that he is the son of the king and it's just super sweet and it will make you cry. I guarantee it because <laughs> I cry just thinking about it. So it's an absolutely beautiful, beautifully written scene. And then in honor's defense, uh, I love towards the end, they're going after Damaris because she's been taken and Captain Matthew Hanger, like all the horsemen are there, which I absolutely love that she brought them together. But he turns to the men and says, mount up. We have a woman to save. And I loved it. Absolutely love that line. And then I love Luke saving Damaris. I mean, I'm going to tell you, Luke is described as like a foot, basically having the uh, stature of a very large football player and him coming in and saving her. And then she ends up being hurt and passes out and wakes up to Luke, uh, 
yelling about, I will not leave my woman's side, basically. She's my woman and I'm going to stay here until she's awake and I know she's okay. So absolutely loved, loved that scene. All right, guys, I feel like I talked forever on the scenes, but they were so good. All right, here we go. Let's move on to talk about the interviews that we had. So this year we got to interview Amanda Cabot, Julie Lesman, Margaret Brownlee, Melissa Jaggers, and Karen Whitmire. So I asked, like, what are some of your most memorable moments from our author interviews? And um, Tiff said... Julie Lesman was so fun. She loved her energy and excitement about all her books. And she loved listening to Melissa Jaggers and how she came up with her idea for how to catch a husband, which if you have not heard that episode, both of those episodes, you really need to go back and listen to them. They are wonderful. And Melissa's inspiration for Romancing the Bride uh, is how she said she would try to catch her second husband, which is Great. Absolutely love it. For Amanda, I got to interview her by myself. And I just really liked talking about her writing style and the uh, the way that she pulled in. If you're not aware, she pulled in recipes. There's like a recipe book that you could get to promote the series when it came out. So I just thought that was genius. And we did try some from that, which we'll talk about that in a minute. But And then Margaret Brownlee, oh my goodness, we had so many technical difficulties when we went to interview her, and she was such a good sport about it all, but her humor and her stories that she shared, like her online dating that she got into to get story ideas and then end up finding her second husband, and the story about her son and the flat tire, and he was like, oh, mom, This is going to be in one of your books, isn't it? I mean, her kids sound hilarious, too. And then how her kids didn't like it when she wrote notes to school because of the stuff she would write in there. You've got to go back and listen to that one. That one's a great one. Um, For Melissa, when we interviewed her, I just loved our connection like her and I have in the education realm. She taught secondary and I taught elementary uh, and I'm still in it, but it was a great connection with her, but her inspiration, I was like Tiffany, her inspiration for finding uh, another husband was hilarious. So definitely go back and check that one out. Karen, I loved her enthusiasm. She is just, she's so bubbly and um, just really into her writing, but yet very serious about her writing too. Uh, And I loved her use of TV shows. So if you haven't listened to that interview, I would suggest you go back because you'll find what TV shows inspired um, the Hanger's Horseman series. And then Julie, when talking with her, again, it comes back to the energy she brought, her testimony that she shared, which is amazing, and facts about entertainment. So talking about her her tagline is passion with a purpose. And her goal is to bridge the gap between books like the 50 shades of gray and how so many people read that book, which is 
which is sad um, when you're looking at it from a Christian perspective, right? And so her thing is, what do you do? Because women who are into those books, right? And they're kind of trapped in that. But when they're ready to pull out, what is it that they have to go to? What entertainment do they have to go to? And how do you bridge that gap? And I will tell you, I think Julie does a, a great job of bridging that gap because there's passion laced, I mean, just all throughout her books, but they're kept within God's precepts, right? And so that is her goal. And uh, there's a lot of passion that she shares in that interview. So I highly suggest you go back and, and check that one out. All right. The next thing we're going to talk about is finding, um, did you find a book or series that you know will you, okay, let's try this over y'all. Did you find a book or series that you know you will go back to over and over again? So Tiffany said she will go back to Sheriffs of Savage Wells over and over again, which I would agree. That is one I've read it twice already. I would honestly reread them all, probably, except for Westward to Home. And no no offense to that series. It just was more up my sister Jessica's alley. And if you go back and listen to those episodes, um, we kind of flush that out for you. Uh, ones that I would go back to probably once a year. I'd, I'd circle back and read these again. It was the Silver Lining Ranch series, The Frontier Vows, and The Hanger's Horsemen. I would read them all again, but those three I'd probably hit up every year. They, they're very similar to Lori Copeland's Men of the Saddle series that I love to read every year. So, Okay, the other thing we did this year, we did four one-series giveaways and one four-series giveaway. And with each of the giveaways, we had some fun challenges to determine the winner. And we posted those videos on our new Rumble channel. So make sure you check out Literary Escape on Rumble to see those. But I asked them, what was your favorite giveaway challenge? Now, Tiffany said she had fun with all of them. But the tomahawk throwing was super fun. And she said, it's because I'm the best at it. <laughs> Which I would say she did an excellent job with the tomahawk throwing. So we did, um, what did we do? We did tomahawk throwing, knife throwing. We shot my dad's muzzle loader. Oh, and we did, um, we shot my brother-in-law's Colt uh, revolver. And, oh, for the four series, the big giveaway, that was during our live Q&A. And I just stuck everyone's name in a virtual like wheel of fortune spinning wheel and we did it that way which you can see the video for that as well i would have to say that i enjoyed all of those but my favorite one was the muzzle loader shooting that with my dad again just brought back childhood memories because i can remember being like eight nine ten years old and dad loading up that i mean to an eight, nine, 10 year old, the gun looks huge. It already looks huge to me as an adult, but he would load it up, get us set up. And he taught us how to shoot using the muzzle loader. And yeah, it was just a lot of childhood memories. It was great to have dad there for that as well. And the last thing we did was we tried some food and drink that was mentioned in these novels. And we tried a pecan pie from Amanda Cabot's series, uh, Mesquite Springs. 
We tried gunpowder tea and the gunpowder tea bread in Margaret Brownlee's book, Gunpowder Tea. Didn't get to ask the other ladies this about what's their favorite treat that we tried, which, by the way, the gunpowder tea bread was a recipe that Margaret's son-in-law did, I believe, his son-in-law, because he's a chef. But out of all of those, I mean, it wasn't very many, that handful that we tried, the pecan pie made with honey, because we tried it with honey and molasses, the one made with honey was absolutely my favorite, absolute favorite. So... Hey guys, uh, if you hung with me for the last 40 minutes, thank you. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed our wrap up. We enjoyed this year of reading and I hope that you can join us next year and hang tight for next week's episode because we're going to give you a quick glance at what's coming next year. Some new additions, some exciting new series. So until next time, happy and blessed reading. Reading.